Welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. And I'm Steve. And this week we're looking at Season 6, Episode 11, Good Samaritan, in which Frasier's good deeds end him up in hot water with Lady Law. Can Steve and I be the ones to turn on the air conditioning? Uh, Steve, (laughs) have you ever picked up a... No, not really. I'm not going to ask you that. Uh, (laughs) What was the last good deed you did? Pat yourself on the back here, Steve. Give yourself a big old pat on the back. Do you know what I have actually? I've ch- this this was a couple of years ago, but I did actually. I pulled up in a uh, petrol station, uh, obviously to refill my own car, and uh, there was a, I'd say elderly. I mean, he probably wasn't that old, probably in his seventies, just suppose for driving and changing a tire, which we're going to get onto in a minute anyway. Um, is probably elderly, and it, yeah, he seemed to be struggling to change a tire, mm. and uh, and El said to me should we offer to help him? You know, he's got his wife in the car, but he doesn't seem to be very able to do this. So I went, I'll give him a hand quickly. So I said, do you, do you want a hand? Oh, yeah, yeah, that'd be really, really nice of you. Okay, we were on our way somewhere, but I thought, you know, it's not going to take that long, is it? I helped him change the tyre, and it went, as far as I'm aware, went perfectly okay. You didn't scratch his car with your cufflinks. <laughs> I, I don't wear cufflinks. We've had this <laughs> conversation before. I'm not that posh. Um... <laughs> And as we drove off, El just turned to me and said, what if that wheel then comes off when he's driving? I said, don't say that. What do, you, what do you mean? What if his wheel comes off? She went, don't you worry like you've done that wrong. I said, well, <laughs> if... well did you? Well, I never saw his wheel come off. and I never well, did, seen you, the guy did, did you worry? Well, I did after she mentioned it. <laughs> and, and now you've brought it up. A couple of years later, I'm now concerned whether that guy ever got where he was going. You know what? I'm, I'm going to get you banged up for manslaughter. I am, Steve. I think, you know, how dare you inter- intervene? It's the biggest worry, isn't it? If you do it yourself and it's for your car, if there's a problem, you think, I've only got myself to blame. And it, in it, I can see why Frasier helps these people. And, and I think the majority of listeners as well as us we probably would help people in need like that but then you do think afterwards what if my good deed does go wrong what if that wheel comes loose breaks and the worst happens they have an accident you know i was trying to help <laughs> <laughs> you were but yeah. that man's in a ditch now thanks to you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't i won't sleep all night now that's it <laughs> a joke of course um <laughs> listeners let us know what was the last good deed you did i always see on kind of viral videos and 90 percent of these are fake anyway but every now and then you see a genuine one or as close to genuine as we can get in this kind of anti-truth world but it's where people are buying their the shopping for someone at a supermarket yeah. or like they pay and they say oh, i'm gonna get yours as well and you know i i, I mean i i can say to the character home, i'd love to do that i mean do I, it, uh, you know. I will actually say I did do that someone for someone once. So I actually, a couple of cars behind us in the same petrol garage, but not the same day. Um, we knew that it was a neighbour of ours and they were going on holiday. This is when I used to live in the city um, and at uh, Chelmsford. And um, yeah, we saw a neighbour of ours a couple of cars back and I knew they were going on holiday and uh, a BNL said, well, we went in to pay for our fuel. And I said uh, to the people behind, when they're finished, can I pay for theirs? And the woman beyond the cash desk looked at me like I was an idiot. Like, what the hell? I was like, I'm just going to pay for that car. The two two people behind us, I'm just going to pay for theirs as well. And as we walked out, our neighbours walked in and I said, um, you can go, I've paid. And she went, what? I said, I've paid. And she just burst into tears and went, what the hell? I went, you're going on a holiday. Have a nice trip. Wow. <laughs> and, we, and, we, and we walked away and she literally, she came, they went they went on holiday, but they, they didn't drive all the way. They drove to the airport and they actually went to New York. And when they came back, they bought us, uh, they bought Elle a couple of things from, uh, Fayo, is it Fayo Schwartz oh, in New I York? Would, I Fayo. Sure, F-A-O anyway. But um, 
I'm sure it's Fayo Schwartz is the uh, quite a posh shop in New York somewhere. And they bought some gift sets and stuff like that. And so we had to bring something back. And it's like, that's not what we did it for, but thanks. So oh, man. That did, now you've said that, it did remind me that I'm not a saint, by the way. I've also probably done some horrible things. In my oh, life. we know that, Stephen. We know that. <laughs> But um, maybe doing the odd good deed now makes up for the horrible things maybe I did as a child. <laughs> that is how karma works, my friend. It all balances out in the end. But yes, listeners, let us know your good deeds. And indeed, if you came a cropper, as uh, Fraser does in this episode. Uh, shall we took ourselves into the proverbial trivia corner? Uh, yeah, hopefully the trivia masters have been a good Samaritan to me this week and give me we'll some, soon kind... See. We'll <laughs> give soon me some see. kind questions. <laughs> um, so we've got a we've got some questions sent in from the cadre. So I'm going to open with a question from the scary hippopotamus relayed to us by our boy down under, Mr. Ham Winston. When Niles is preparing for the birthday party, he's washing balloons. What colour are they and what order does he wash them? I'm looking. I'm looking. <laughs> this is this is so hard. That, that is not good Samaritan. <laughs> I'm looking for four colours, each distinct, each in the rainbow, um, and the order in which he does them. I'll, I I will give you the point if you get the four colours at this point. Okay, blue, pink, red, and yellow. Yes. Bang. <laughs> oh my god! Did you know that? No, no, I just gave you four random colours. <laughs> Bloody Christ alive or well played. No, do you I, want I, to, did, to... I, I did. I did. In honesty, I did focus a little bit on that. Um, I, thought, I because... thought you would have. <laughs> I wouldn't have guessed it that well. <laughs> do you want to go for the order? Uh, I wouldn't have a clue. Um, I'll, I'll go with the, the, the what, what order did I just give them? Blue, pink, I red, yellow, I not. couldn't tally, Steve. <laughs> uh, I'm looking for red, yellow, blue and pink. So oh. there we have it. Uh, Niall Crane asks, in the police station, as they are leaving, we see pictures of people on the wall. How many people are pictured? The man with the visual questions. Well, I actually, I was more expecting something to do with the balloons from Niall, if I was honest. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That would have been way more likely. That would have been very much in the wheelhouse of uh, Niall. Well, last week, I guessed six twice. Actually, I Mm. guessed six once and seven the second time and got it wrong. I'm going to go with six again. I think there's six people on the wall. I thought you were going to sequentially move up to (laughs) eight, which would have been the correct answer. Um, Very close indeed there, Steve. Uh, Corey asks um, an additional question, sorry, from Scary Hippopotamus. What good deeds did Frasier do and rather than a good karma got, in his mind, dire consequences? I'm just looking for the good deeds. Uh, He finds a wallet. Yeah, he helps a lady with a dog at the airport. Yes, he does. He changes a tire and he, he offers offers a lift to well, two women technically. He does. There's one more that you're missing that involves a, uh, ah, a, a bull, looks after bulldog show. He covers the late shift <laughs> for bulldog. Very, very good indeed. Uh, and a second question from our boy Niall. In the first scene. What do we see that hints to the year in which the show was filmed that you won't see much these days? There's Sorry, a. Can you re- repeat the question? In what? the first scene, what do we see that hints to the year in which the show was filmed? I.e., what do we see that's very much of its time that you wouldn't see much of these uh, days? Uh, Roz has a Walkman. She does. I Lisa <laughs> love Walkman. Yeah. It was so good. And at one point, my brother had when MP3 players were big. Sony Walkman released their own iPod, you know, um, yeah. rival called a Walkman, which I used to love listening to music on. My brother lost it or something. You know, he was very careless. Well, I'm I'm nearly as nostalgic. I had a mini disc player at one point. No way. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> What you don't know what a Sony mini disc player? I is. don't really know what a mini disc is. Is it like a CD? Oh, well, you're so young. <laughs> is it? it is. is it before um, or after CDs? It was after CDs. They literally made a. It's like a miniature CD, but in a. It's almost like an eight-track case, like a plastic case. And I'm talking like two inches by two inches, maybe not even that. Like tiny, little a little things. bit like a PSP or a thing called the UMD, the Universal Media Disc, a little bit like that. Yeah, it was. It was just this. Tiny, it was almost like a floppy disc, and you could get a whole album on them, but they were so limited to how many people want to do it. They thought they thought it was going to kick off, and like CDs were going to go under. You know, mini disc was going to be their new invention, and CDs would cease to exist. It never picked up. So um, 
for those that are out there that still have a mini disc player, good luck. Usually, <laughs> yeah. my dad, my, my dad actually had a separate mini disc player, like as in separate, like CD um, amplifier, etc., and a big hi-fi, and you could actually record CDs onto mini discs, so you could take them out of the house. They couldn't jog, so like you know, you get the old um, compact disc Walkmans, yeah, the the, di- the discman, good old Sony with their patented names. Um, so that was jog proof for 30 seconds, but a mini disc would never skip. You could literally go running with it. You could drop it. You could do anything to it because it was normally metal, uh, metal cased, uh, the actual machine itself. You couldn't jog it. So they were better quality. Um, you never lost any recording quality, even not like recording a CD to a tape on a, onto a mini disc kept exactly the same CD quality. Mm. But it just never went anywhere. Well, there we have it. Listeners, let us know, do you have any of this <laughs> this technology of your uh, trivia from the boy himself, MK? What does Niles think would be the perfect birthday gift for Freddie, given it's just the old fogies there to celebrate? Uh, is it the Daphne dressed in a blue cocktail dress? Yes, it is. A little blue cocktail dress. Uh, to help maintain the ruse, where does Fraser claim that Martin currently is to try and throw Freddie off the scent? Is he at McGinty's? He's at a Rotary Club meeting. Oh, Rotary Club. And but for all we know, <laughs> for all we know, they host them in McGinty's. Um, that'd be a good they place do. to have one. They, they do. Kennedy Burling's there, actually, at the moment. He's the chair. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, of course he is. He, he'd know. Uh, other than not being able to post Fraser's bail, how did Niles lament the lowering of his credit limit? What else uh, has happened? I can't think what it is. Maris's uh, Maris's lawyers decrease it, don't they? I can't think of the other reason. At the cheese shops around the world platter, he was he cut off at, Lux- at Luxembourg. Luxembourg. <laughs> Luxembourg. And finally, this week from uh, the Codre, according, <laughs> excuse me, to the guard at the jail, which other police officers have children that are part of Seattle's rogues gallery and what actions do they take to rank them in with Frasier we hear of two other officers of the law and relatives of them who have done dare I say salacious things one of them one of of them does something illegal the other one does something salacious I can't remember the other person's name. The other is it one of the cops' names? But they say his son has done something. I can't think what the crime is now either. That's escaped me as well. It was the um, Coleman Park. Um. Oh God. Come on. Pervert. Pervert. There yeah. we go. Not um, a word we shout that often on this podcast. That was Captain other... Captain Pacheski's son. Uh, do you want to go to the other one? Is the other one? Oh, John something, it's Freddie's dad's, Freddie's friend's dad, and he says, yes, but insider trading is very illegal. <laughs> that's good, actually. That, that's not. I'm looking at other police officers. So, oh. that, so it's Sergeant O'Brien's daughter who does all those cable movies. You can point her out. She's got his chin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you all so much for your trivia this week. A pleasure, as always, to read out your dazzlingly hard questions. So do keep them coming. If you'd like to get involved in the trivia, just drop us a line on social media and we will hook you up. Do you want um, anything from me, Will? <laughs> I would love questions from you, Steve. <laughs> I am so like look, me look at me anything? in autopilot. You know what, listeners? Whatever I just said, remember it because I'm not doing it again. Steve, take it away. Do you know what? I haven't actually written it. I'm literally going to make up. I'll give you three questions. Mm-hmm. Um, when Fraser finds the wallet in Nervosa and Ros asks for a description, what are the three describing? things about the man whose will oh, they find he's got corrective lenses he has got corrective lenses um i don't know is he five foot six or something correct oh my god what i pulled that out my backside um, and then the last one is his weight oh uh i don't know does he say something like 200 and something pounds 200 pounds jesus I'll give you a bonus if you can tell me how much money was in there, which will get you a small soda and a matinee. I think it was seven dollars. <laughs> seven dollars, yeah. Ding, ding, ding. New Year, very baby. good, very good. Um, <laughs> there was two celebrity callers in this episode. 
Can you name them? No, I bloody well can't. Um, I'll let you have either the two. They are both actors, and one is a very famous director, more famous probably for his director um, roles than his acting roles. And if not, you can give me the two uh, characters' names, if you like. Is it Ralph? Is one of them Ralph? One of them is Ralph. Um... Oh, he, he's voiced by what I'd class as quite a famous actor, but I couldn't tell you other than I'm currently watching ER and he plays a doctor in that quite often. Not not Clooney. No, 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 no. He's uh, not a main, main character. I was going to say, I don't, think, I don't think they got Clooney on there. Um, mm, oh, what's the name of that that guy? M- Muck something from, from ER. Muck. The hunky guy that everyone talks about. Um <laughs> Maybe that. That guy. would still be George Clooney. <laughs> no, there's. A, oh no, I'm th- I think I'm thinking of Grey's Anatomy. Um, there's a guy called Muck. They call him Muck something. Um, you're gonna have to tell me this one, Stephen. Ralph is voiced by William H Macy. Oh, Stephen is voiced by the inf. Well, no, not the infamous, the really famous director Ron Howard. No way. Who obviously acted in Happy Days, but I'd say he's way more famous as a director now than definitely. I, I, you know, I wouldn't even know that he was in Happy Days until you told me. I mean, yeah, oh, that, really? that's that, that's my ignorance because a lot of people know that. But <laughs> I've only ever known him my age as as, as, a, as a director. When I first saw his name come up as a director on a film, I actually had to look up to see if it was the same Ron Howard because I knew really? him from Happy Days, and I thought that can't be the same bloke. There's no way he's become this director. I think he directed like Apollo 13 and stuff. It, didn't it, I was like, yeah, he's in some big films. Yeah, I was like, this can't be the same. Oh my god, it is the same guy. <laughs> um, uh, last one is literally the most trivial thing. Twice you see it in this episode. What is Fraser's license plate number? Oh, that's a great question. I can see listeners now screaming at whatever media they're listening to this from, going, God damn it, Will, why don't you know this? It's so we know, obvious. We know it's not <laughs> Doc Dorf because that's Dr. Dorfman. It's um, not. <laughs> is it going to be, is it, has he got vanity plates or as we call them in this country, personalized license plates? I would say it's not. I think, I don't know the model of his car, but I think the first three letters may be the, uh, number of his car like the model of the bmw he's driving but i could be uh, wrong i'm just gonna have a guess at 378 g you know it's a bmw right yeah <laughs> a 378 would be a three series 7.8 liter engine so i doubt that <laughs> oh i never knew what i never knew that's what the numbers meant so there yeah, we I go be, i believe on a, a bmw if it's a 325 it's a three series and it's a 2.5 that's ah. generally well. That's what I'm going to say. Then three two five G. It's three thirty three three zero hyphen WPT WPT. There we Which go. It's strange. I'm surprised it's not FWC Fraser Winslow Crane. I'd have thought he would have had vanity plates, but I think Niles does, and I think that's probably a show that Niles is that little bit more snobby than Fraser. Yeah, which which is weird because in this country they're pretty much like one in two people have them these days, whereas like in America it's still a status of, of I, have great... one, I, I have one car, I have two sets of vanity plates, as you'd say. Like, <laughs> only one on there at the time, but yeah, I actually have, so technically I have three number plates for one car. There you go. You're really padding the statistics there, Steve. <laughs> Uh, Well, thank you so much for your trivia there. And I will repeat myself after all. Thank you, listeners, for sending it in. Uh, Let's get into the review. What is the animation watch, please, Steve? Rain cloud, which is very fitting for the last couple of days here in the UK. (laughs) And fitting for this episode, because there is rain in the episode, which, thank the Lord, the mise-en-scene matches the animation. (laughs) That's what we're waiting for here. Um, So that was really nice to see. And yeah, it's been awful. We've got a storm. Storm Henk is ravaging the UK uh, to our our foreign listeners. Um, Been a lot of wind and a lot of rain about these parts. In fact, a tree at my school uh, blew down and smashed a hockey fence and also the rugby posts blew over. Um, so, yeah. was, so was that was that F hockey? 
<laughs> or just normal hockey, you know? Uh, just normal hockey. Just normal hockey. Um, but yeah, so extra, extra, extremely uh, big winds blowing around these parts. Um, we're in Novosa. Freddy is en route. Lilith has angered a monkey. Um, is this because the monkey took issue with with what, Steve? Remind me. I, I believe it's her haircut. I mean, and Ross comments, how bad would a haircut have to be for a monkey to hate it? What, <laughs> what kind of haircut are we imagining she's had here? I mean, it, how it... would we describe her normal haircut? Shoulder well, length. I was wondering if is has she done a bit like um uh, what Phoebe does to Monica's hair? Is she looking? She was going for the Demi more, but she's got the Dudley more. Dudley and, more, and, and the monkey just absolutely hated it. That <laughs> is that's so savage when Phoebe does that. Um, Phoebe really gets on my nerves sometimes, but that would drive me up the wall. Um, <laughs> just absolutely insane. Um, dropped wallet. Have you got any anecdotes? I've got one. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go first. Have you got any anecdotes about lost wallets? I actually um found one uh two days before Christmas. So mm. literally ten days ago. Bloody hell. Um, and I still have the sum of eighty-five pounds, which was in the wallet, sitting in my house because the wallet had absolutely no identification in it. No credit cards, no driver's license, nothing. Just £85 in cash, in a wallet. And the first thing I did was message uh, one of our mods, Jess Sterling, and our admin, John Beale. I said, what the hell do I do with this wallet? And they both said, I don't really know. So I took photos. I sent them all the photos and said, this is what's in it. This is just in the middle of the street. And it's in the middle of a street where there's no houses. It's just a massive amount of dead walking. It's a field on one side and a road on the other. I'm like, well... I can't knock on a door that's near it because it's not near a house. Mm. So at the moment, it's sitting in my house with nothing to do because it's not mine. I can't return it, and I don't know what to do with it. And I can't, if, even if I go to the police, this was the dilemma, and please, someone write in if you've got better advice. The dilemma is if I go to the police in six months, if it's not, it's not collected, I can go and take it. It's mine. But it's not going to get collected because no one can identify that wallet as being theirs. It's a black leather wallet with £85 in it. <laughs> God. I mean, and it's, it's not even got a designer, it's no designer label, no brand name on the wallet. It's literally the most just unidentifiable thing ever. The only thing I could think to do would be where you found it. So this was in your home village town, wasn't it? No, 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 where I work. Oh, sorry, where you work is um where where that area is. It will one hundred percent have a Facebook community page. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm a member of it as well because I work there every single day of the week. So I'm a you, member of you, it. Did you post on there? I didn't, but I've been watching it to see if anyone puts on there. I've lost a black wallet with money in it. Has anyone found it? Because if I, I thought if I put on, there oh yeah, that don't I found put this, don't put that there's any money there. But you could say I found a wallet, um, mm. and then if someone says oh, it's mine, you could say, do you know how much money was in it? If they give you eighty five pound, then. Yeah. But other than that, if that, I think that's what you should do. And I think you know, if if you get nothing from that, you keep it because, unfortunately, as much as I would like to return that to the right person as you would, it's almost impossible at this point, and you may as well keep the money. The, well, the option I've got is I might give the money to charity. Yeah, because you, you it's, not, it's not mine. I don't feel right having it personally because it's not mine. I've found it. Someone's out of money, but at least it would go to benefit someone who might need it more than I do right now. And um, yeah, I, I feel like it's not mine. It's, it was, if, I feel like it's not mine to take. Someone's missing that. I can't return it, so it shouldn't necessarily be my gain. This is yeah. why I had I had this really weird moral thing driving home that day. I t- I, like I say, I messaged it to John and said, what the hell do I do with this? I, I want to give it back and I can't. And I can't legitimately find the person very easily. And so far, no one's popped up saying I've lost a wallet. Has anyone found this or anything like that? And it's got no sentiment. It's got no, like a picture of a child or a, a you know, wedding photo or anything. It, I think it might have had a, um, it had a, a hairdresser's card in it. I thought, excellent, maybe it's got an appointment on the back, and I could ring up and say, who had the appointment on that day? Have you got their number? Nothing written on the back of it. It's just a hairdresser's card. I'm like, and it's not even for a person. It's for a shop. So it could have been taken any time in the last few years. It Mm. just doesn't give you anything to go by. I mean, that's another piece of identification you could quiz someone on. You know, if they're like, oh, it's my wallet. Who There's a hairdresser card in here. Who's who's it for? Or don't even give them that. There's a business card in here. Can yeah. you remember who it was for? Um, but yeah, but it was like it was literally just the cash and this one thing. And I was like, it doesn't, you know, I just hoped it had an appointment or like 
the hairdresser's name or something on it. It's got nothing. Mm. Literally, it doesn't have a date or anything stamped on it. Or I thought, who just takes a card and doesn't have an appointment written on the back or anything? It's just so weird. Yeah, that is weird. Um, I, I mean, I on a daily basis think I've lost my wallet and tap my jeans and find it and get this immense rush of adrenaline and endorphins mm. for finding it. Um, I mine fell out my pocket on a train once uh, on the cross country train back to my hometown. And I contacted um, the, I got off. It's like, oh my God, my, my, my wallet's on that train. Um, and I, I don't know if I, I kind of, I panicked for half an hour or an hour and like, I don't know, I, I went home and I didn't know, I, I don't know how, I can't remember the timeline because I told the train kind of the, the clerk who serves the tickets. And then he basically said, oh yeah, it's been handed in um, at the next stop. Um, but that can't have been, within the first 20 minutes of me getting off and finding out because it couldn't have been handed in. Do you know what I mean? Someone yeah, has yeah. to someone has to have found it and then got off and had it in. Anyway, I got back on the train and got onto the next went to the next station and lo and behold my wallet had been handed in with all the stuff still in it, including money. Really? Um and that was just amazing. I was like, Jesus Christ. Because I know that I would do that for someone. Um, yeah. as I would hope most of our listeners would. I think that's pretty clear. But did you know who handed it in? Did they leave a note or anything? No, so? not at all. Because if they had, I'd have said you can keep the money that's in there. Um no, it's just a case of, you know, if you like I said, when I was a teenager, just quickly, sorry to cut back in. Um, I found a wallet in the middle of the road and I actually took it to the police station and um they they took my details and said, obviously, if the person comes in looking for it, then we'll give it back. Well, the lady who actually went to the police station or managed to find out that it was at the police station, went to collect it. She actually sent me a card just to say thank you. And that actually nice. made, I was like, oh, wow, she didn't need to do that either. And, and obviously the police had given my details and I've just got a card in the post that just said, thanks for restoring my faith in humanity and, and returning my... I was about 17 at the time. I thought, I felt like I'd done the biggest thing in the world. Like, oh my God, I've got this, this wallet back to this person. How great. Um, back then, I probably could have just looked and found a driving license. I never really thought about a wallet having that in there. I just took it to the police station and said, can you return this to the person? I, you know, I thought that was what you were supposed to do. Well, um, yeah. yeah. Na- nowadays, if I find something, I kind of look through and think, if I can find a driving license, I'll just drive to their house or whatever and try and return it and say, here you go, I found this. But, mm. you know, just, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's nice that you've got your wallet back. That's, that's a brilliant story anyway that, yeah, that, that yeah. that's happened. It's just... And it, it definitely restored my my faith in humanity as well. Um, the delivery of Roz, leave it on the floor. Absolutely <laughs> amazing delivery from Hunks only Roz there, her policy. Um, gotta be <laughs> one of my favourite line deliveries from this whole episode. Um, there's a few good ones, actually. I don't want to spoil any, but there's some towards the end that are phenomenal. Um, the guy comes in now and accuses Fraser of stealing the money from the wallet. Um, there's seven bucks in here. Well, perhaps someone's off enjoying a methane and a small soda. Um, it's just brilliant, brilliant delivery. And my God, to think you could get a matinee and a small soda for $7 in the 90s because right now that would probably get you the small soda if um, that <laughs> if that um in a cinema i mean the inflation in a cinema is insane um as we all know but yeah just this guy's a little jerk and fraser is quite rightly incensed um bulldog's mom is having bypass surgery when you first can you remember when you first saw this episode did you think actually maybe just once old bobby briscoe's telling the truth I think it's a very genuine delivery from Dan Butler, isn't it? He looks very serious. I mean, Frasier looks concerned. Roz, I think that's actually unlike her. She really goes to town on that phone call. You get the old rib spreaders out, you know, <laughs> can I have some heart surgery. And then she goes, oh, Mrs. Briscoe, I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, she's very ghoulish. <laughs> of course we'll fill in for Barbie. <laughs> so funny. Um but yeah, I mean, again, just <laughs> the line delivery from Ross Perry is really on fire in this episode for, for several things. And it starts in this scene and just continues as she uh, works her way through the scenarios. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Niles is dipping his balloons, as we've seen, because they were covered in some sort of dust in an unsealed package from a Southeast Asian <laughs> sweatshop. Um, yeah, that dust is weird. Um, I don't. There, there will be a, a chemical reason that they have that there, but... I don't know what it is, but balloons uh, do be carrying it. I presumed it was just to stop the balloons sticking together. It could well be that. 
Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's a weird one. <laughs> That's always um, been my thought. It's just some sort of dust to stop loads of rubber sweating together in a plastic packet and, and sticking together and ripping. I presumed it was just for that it reason. Prob- it probably is that. Um, <laughs> there's annoying edit now when uh, he says, doesn't that, doesn't that worry you? And then um, Martin says, uh, I can't, he basically says something short and then Channel 4 have edited it really quickly. Um, he I, says did something know, I did if, notice a bit of a skip, but... Yeah, I can't remember specifically what he says um, because it obviously, well, it's it's quoted. Um, here it is. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, oh, that's it. That's it. He says, "Oh, you bet it does." I remember back in Korea, we'd crouch in our foxholes, scared to death those bastards were going to drop balloons on us. Um, the kind yeah, of bastards. Fair so enough. That, they edit the whole joke out, which is just really annoying because that's a really good joke. But there we are. What on earth are those <laughs> weird hats that they're wearing? Yeah, I I posted a picture of one of these scenes not so long ago, and it wasn't for a birthday scene. I can't remember what it was. And everyone kept saying, what episode is this from? Why is Martin wearing this sort of, I don't know, kind of Napoleonic it war looks like a, It looks like a British Civil War hat. Confederacy hat. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I've, I've been watching Sharp recently, so you can tell why I went straight to Napoleonic Sharp war is British, so good. British soldiers. Um, Brian Cox is actually in Sharp at one point, oh. uh, plays Daphne's dad, um, along with several people that have been in James Bond films, which I'm sure you've noticed throughout your time oh, watching Sharp. Including Sean Bean himself. It, there you go. Um yeah, they. I, I'm not sure why you'd wear them for a child's birthday party. Um, really fact, weird. Most of the decoration. Niles is blowing those balloons up, but when Freddie actually walks in, I can't see any balloons really hanging about. I don't know what he did with those in the end. Just gave up. Yeah, just just <laughs> whipped them round like this, and then just just left them <laughs> left them on the floor. Uh, Freddie and his weird little crush. Um, it just annoys me. Um, it's just a little bit of a, a little bit of a annoyance, a little bit of a cretin, kind of running in and and and, and yeah, I don't know. Don't just just shut up with your with your little fancy and Freddy. It does my head in. I don't know. It, it's a bit creepy anyway. It's just um, odd. It's just odd. I mean, he's eleven. How old's Daphne now? Nearly thirty. So I think so. Maybe yeah, maybe he's got a bit of a crush. I mean, j- just to jump into the reboot for a, a split second here, there has been several questions asked that now Freddie's in his thirties and David, which is Niles and Daphne's son, is in the new series. They've not broached the idea that David's ever said, "Yeah, Freddie, remember that time you really used to fancy the pants off my mum." <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that's just life, isn't it? That's not been mentioned. I don't think they'll ever bring it up. But it is a bit strange now that Freddie's in his 30s that he's not mentioned Auntie Daphne and um, how much of a crush he used to have on her. But, you know, yeah, that would be, be weird should we ever cross that bridge. It certainly would. <laughs> a couple of trolls under that bridge. Um, Louis Pasteur, a kind of cream... No, what is it? Not a cream death mask? Uh, coconut death mask, I believe is the Co- phrase. <laughs> coconut death mask. Um, yeah, it's one of the strangest cakes I've ever seen. Um, do you it go is... in for novelty cakes? Not like that. I do love a birthday cake. Though. I could go and buy a birthday cake now, like literally nine months before my own birthday, and quite happily eat a birthday cake in an afternoon. If it's got that cheap icing, you know, a nice Victoria sponge under it, uh, that would do me just fine on an really? afternoon. Yeah. I think I think I'm pretty anti-birthday cake, but I could I could I don't know, I could probably maybe eat a slice right now. I think the more cheap and cheerful the birthday cake, the more I'm happy with it. I don't think I'd go out for a grand coconut death mask with Louis Louis Pasteur's face. You know, it's, that's very strange for an 11 year old anyway. But it's just those old fogies there anyway. So I suppose it doesn't really matter. Just those old fogies. Um, great segue into happy birthday here. You know, people are born rotten, and every year they get even <laughs> even worse. Happy birthday! To you. Um, some lovely homespun wisdom. From uh from Marty Crane here, uh, I would love to listen to the Fraser Crane show late at night. Um, like it's so soothing, like the whole vibes of the the kind of night owl version of their show. But surely no one is phoning in. I know people do phone in. Well, but like in 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 realistic terms, no one is calling into a show like that who is even has a modicum of sanity. There used to be, I can't even remember what the show was called. This was 20 odd plus years ago when I was young. Loads of people used to listen to it before going to bed. And it was on it's like not, a national national not the, radio. It's not, the, not the Kerrang show the night before. <laughs> no. no. Oh. There used to be some sort of weird, like people have phoned in with love, like relationship problems. Mm. And everyone used to start listening to this. It used to be like 10 o'clock at night. And I used to put it on like, a, I used to have a radio alarm clock. 
And um, I used to put it on and just fall asleep to it. And some of the people who used to call in, you'd think, oh, my God, I really hope they're the producers and their families just calling in for a laugh. Because these stories are just so like, either upsetting that these people, yeah, they'd, they'd gone through this real stuff. Or it was just a joke. It, it can't have been real what they were coming up with. But then you look back at sometimes in your own life, you think, yeah, I probably should have phoned up and asked about that before I went ahead and did that. You know, maybe I needed that advice. Maybe I shouldn't have made that mistake. Um, but yeah, they used to just play love songs and and just random. And like I say, these people used to just call up. So th- there was a market for it, but that was in the late 90s. So round about this time, I suppose. I mean, I think Ron Howard is Stephen saying, my radio, there's voices coming from my radio. And he goes, turn your radio off. Now it's giving me orders, Dr. Crane. <laughs> I've got it. I've got to go. Name. <laughs> I've got to go. <laughs> I think he plays that character so well. And there probably is unfortunate people out there that might actually think that the radio really is talking to them. Well, they will. Um, yeah, there will be those people. I'm pretty sure they find that during the day as well and might call in at three till five or two till five whenever Frasier's normally on. They wouldn't wait for the late Dr. Crane, the 11 till one slot to be calling him in. If they're that crazy, they'll be calling in any time of day because on the radio <laughs> and yeah. probably call in Bulldog as well, you know? Probably will be. Um, if listeners ever listened, if I've got UK listeners that ever listened to The Night Before with Nick Margerison on Kerrang!, please get in touch. Uh, I can't remember if I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I used to surreptitiously listen to this radio show in bed when I was meant to be asleep. Um, I'd go to bed at like nine o'clock when I was in kind of secondary school. Um, It was on at, I think, nine, but it started at 10 and I would wait up and wait for it to start. And I'd listen on the FM headphone plug-in to my old Sony Walkman phone um, so that I I could listen to the radio. Uh, and it was just, it was amazing. It was like, it looked at things like alternative culture, the occult, um, kind of urban legends. Um, it had a real kind of, yeah, ghoulish, dark, but fun kind of thing going on. Really, really brilliant. So I would love I think, to know. Personally, I think 90s radio was way cooler than it is now. Like, I mean, this, this was, this was like 2006. 2008 maybe but that's still really pre-podcast isn't it nowadays oh yeah yeah podcasts give you any subject at any time of day back then i mean when i first got into listening to sort of punk and rock and stuff like that you used to listen to steve lamax rock shows and stuff on radio one and again it was on late at night i love i love lamo just a random time of night like tuesday night and stuff like that and You'd, I mean, there, there used to be, I used to go out clubbing, believe it or not, clubbing on a Monday night for alternative nights, like punk rock and metal and all that sort of stuff was a Monday night. Why a Monday? Because they thought that was the best time to, to, to get us sort of people out. There they, they used to be a, then a rock show that started at about two o'clock in the morning on, on Radio One. So we used to go out clubbing on a Monday night, go back and have drinks at someone's house at two o'clock in the morning. And then I used to go to college on Tuesday mornings. And just to give you a quick bit of my uh, my life story, in college, when we got to the end of my sixth form years, they gave out awards, and I won the award for most likely not to turn up on a Tuesday morning. Wow. Because all of the teachers realised my attendance got worse and worse and worse over the years. That's because I was going out and getting drunk on Monday nights. I never turned up to any of my lessons on Tuesday mornings. Wow. <laughs> Kids, if you're listening, don't do as Uncle Steve does. He's lived a very storied life, but we need you to stay on the straight and narrow. We can't all be rock stars like Mutant. Um, <laughs> but we're lucky to know this guy. Um this guy now, Ralph, uh, his cufflinks, Fraser's cufflinks have scratched his car. He says, you owe me money. What a son of a gun. What a selfish, selfish man. If I was in his position, I wouldn't I wouldn't have phoned up. I'd have been a bit cheesed off, but I would have ultimately thought, well, this guy did change my tyre. It was a harmless mistake. Uh, you know, it would probably cost less to, to buff the tyre out than it would have to call a, a breakdown person out and get a new tyre and, you know. Do you, think, do you think it seems a bit strange that, for a start, all these people know that Fraser's on at really late notice. Mm. Um, also, that Fraser and Roz seem to be able to be awake until one o'clock in the morning when they had possibly done their afternoon shift, not gone home and gone to bed. They had a party for Freddie, and then mm. he's literally just gone straight back out and seems very awake for 11, uh, 11 till one. But also, not only does the mental guy, Ron Howard, um Stephen, he 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 rings up doesn't he he knows that it's not bulldog show he knows that it's frazier he didn't call yeah. him bulldog show he didn't call him with a sports question he called him with a voices in his head radio kind of question ralph calls in 
how did Ralph know that Frasier was going to the studio to record or to, to be on air? Unless, well, I presume that Frasier went, oh, I'm Dr. Frasier Crane from the radio. I'm <laughs> in a really good mood today and I'm trying to do nice things. I've been to the airport and helped a lady with a dog and I found a wallet. Why wouldn't I change your tyre? Let me give you a hand before I go to work. I'll be on air between 11 and 1. Mm. Seems a bit coincidental, doesn't it? Still, Raises yeah. some questions. There's no doubt about <laughs> that, Stephen. Um, lovely bit of rain foreshadowed by the animation now in the bmw interior um a lot a lot of me going on in this shot here a lot of things to love the interior of the car the rain pitter pattering on the roof a very rare internal dialogue from frazier we don't get this stylistic choice very often and it's very noir-esque it's very much ask me no questions him walking through the streets past the foggy vents jazz music in the background mm. the way he's talking about this kind of you know this dame on the <clears throat> on the street he doesn't use the word dame but it sounds like a Raymond Chandler novel, you know, this dame was waiting outside the bar for me and, you know, blah, 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 blah. The way he's talking about her, it's it's got this real noir vibe. I'm really digging it. I really dig it. It's also the colours, isn't it? The, the way it's set. You, you Like you say, there's no, <clears throat> sorry, there's no bright um, colours on the outside. I know it's late at night, um, but it's very, very dusky. Like you say, the rain's made everything grey. It's almost like the whole thing has been grayscale, hasn't it? Everything's that kind of shading. And like you say, yeah, it really creates an atmosphere. And when he just looks up and sees Crystal, or who we later find out is Crystal, and she's, you know, sort of hailing him and everything. And he looks, like you say, the internal voices. I mean, I think it works in this episode, but I also really like it in, there's there's a lot of other, say, for example, Seinfeld. I think there's one where him and Elaine, um, obviously they've split up at the time, and he uh, he goes to meet a lawyer, and Elaine, they're at dinner. And he's only gone as a friend of Elaine's. He hasn't really known the other people that are there. And Elaine keeps talking to him, but he actually wants to talk to the woman across uh, the table from him. And uh, I can't remember the lawyer's firm that she works for, but he just keeps repeating it in his head. And you keep hearing Offenheimer tap. So Offenheimer tap. And he keeps reading back these um, the, the names of the lawyers because that's where she works. And Elaine goes, hey, Jerry, I had this dream about you last night. You had these really big wooden teeth. And in his head, you hear him going, oh, my God, is she talking about wooden teeth? What the hell is she on about? And he's looking at the other woman. And she goes, Jerry, are you listening? Sorry, Elaine. Yes, I am listening. I had wooden teeth. Yeah, you had these really big wooden teeth. And he's going, something, 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 off and home and tap. Something, 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 off and home. <laughs> and he's trying to remember where the other woman works. And then she gets up and leaves. She goes, oh, I've had no time to talk to this woman because she's been talking about wooden teeth and dreams. But the internal monologue in his head, where he wants to ignore Elaine, but try and talk to this girl because he fancies her, is just fantastic. And sometimes I think that really works in shows. And like you say, it really works in this episode. But if, if Frasier did it in other episodes, probably wouldn't work at all. It'd be too strange. Yeah, and it's not yeah. it's not a very sitcommy thing. It's more of maybe a film thing. I don't know. Like hearing someone's internal voice is sometimes often strange, isn't it? Yeah, but we all, but we all have it. <laughs> yeah, we all have it. Um, well, it's weird you say that because there are some people who don't hear a voice inside their heads. Um, they don't have a, what's called an internal monologue or internal narration, mm. and also some people can't picture things in their head either. Um, mm. which which sounds nuts because I think I've only ever met people that can, but it's it's pretty much like a 50-50 split, I think. Wow. Um, it's it's much higher than you think. There will be people listening right now that don't hear an internal voice mm. and that don't picture things. If I said picture an elephant, they don't see the elephant in their head. Um, so fifty percent of our listeners right now don't know what we look like. Could be that could be. if they haven't looked at a picture on social media, but 50% of them are imagining us. And if they haven't seen a picture, they're probably imagining something very, very different. <laughs> they're probably imagining a kind of a specter, a ghostly figure. Um, the policeman pulls them over now. Hey, didn't I bust you the other week? Give me a break, buddy. I'm trying to earn a living here. <laughs> Here's the revelation. It's a it's a trans woman, um, and it's kind of played for laughs. It's it's not actually um, who Fraser thought he was picking up. Um, am I right in thinking in the original instance when he picks her up, the voice of the woman is dubbed? Yes, I because yeah, it's not done very well, is it? I I used to think this is a few times I've watched this episode or I've watched this episode hundreds of times probably I used to think that the woman he picks up at the end which I did note her name down uh somewhere <clears throat> Laura Laura Hilton mm. the, the lady he picks up towards the end I thought she played the part twice other than 
when the guy who's played by David Ferguson, who plays Crystal, I thought that she played that part twice. So he actually picks up Laura Hilton and then he picks her up at the end. The only time we see Crystal as Crystal is when he goes, hey, buddy, cut me some slack. I'm trying to make a living here. It's not. I, I, I quite clearly saw that that is, um, that is David Ferguson, the actor, when he gets into that car and the, mm. voice, is, the voice is definitely dubbed. Yeah, it is. Um, and yet, I think a lot of people would say the way this 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 episode kind of deals with um, this as a gag, um, perhaps a little bit dated. Um, I mean, there's some people in listener mail that will be able to articulate that better than we do. But yeah, do do let us know your your thoughts and opinions on this, um, because it's it's certainly not the only sitcom of the '90s that was making this kind of joke or playing around with this sort of material. Um, so it'll be interesting to see your your thoughts on that. Um, brilliant delivery of Frasier in the precinct now when he says this motley assortment of other wrongly accused gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> the um, the gentleman he actually sits next to, uh, the big, bald, sort of uh, goatee, uh, tattooed, le- like, is he wearing a sort of denim waistcoat kind of guy? I think, he's, the, I think he is. He's the most stereotypical thug in a 90s programme ever. I believe this is actually the second time we've seen that person. Ooh. Care to guess where you may have seen him in another episode? Could he have been in the Topaz Lounge? I, no, they shut that place down after the last shooting. Um, <laughs> I believe I believe he is in that episode. And no um, way. May I remind you, the meters don't run at night, and neither, and do, neither you. do you. Oh, um, how West Side Story of you? <laughs> yes. So, so apparently, yeah, he's um, he he is basically the same guy, and it, apparently, he's played a lot of other characters that are very, very similar to um, I presume casting directors to see him and go, "That's a criminal of the nineties. There's get a thug. In. Get get him in. Get him in. He looks. Get great. him in the denim waistcoat. Get him up to no good. Yeah. There he is. That's our man. Um, but yeah, that, that, he is. He has got a stereotypical look that they're clearly going for here in the way they've outfitted him. Um, since he drove us home from our first. Oh, oh yeah. So dad, when we pulled up outside, dad had the same look in his eye that he hasn't had since he drove us home from our first and only little league game. Um, um, a mixture of horror, sadness, disappointment, melancholy. All of the usual feelings, I'm sure. Um, and now we see Crystal kind of walking back after they've bailed Frasier out. That's all right, Crystal. These things happen. Even in his misfortune, Frasier defaults to his empathetic state, doesn't he, in, in a quite beautiful way. To be quite honest, Frasier's actually done no wrong. No, um, he, no he absolutely has not. I, I don't think he actually warrants getting arrested and having to pay for No, he doesn't. He doesn't at all. Um, I think the cops are actually really, really wrong in that for, for saying that that's soliciting. No, it's not. He, he offered someone a lift. Um, she said, can you pay for a cab? Although he only drives about what looks like about half a block. I'm not walking all the way back to my corner. Pay for a cab. Here, have $20. One, how much is that cab? And two, if you don't want to walk, walk back Crystal. Get, but if you don't want to walk back and get wet, where are you going to stand waiting for a cab to drive past at 1 a.m. to take you back half a block? I don't know. I've does thought it, too much about this, haven't I? <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't work. It does. No, no, no. You've thought about it exactly the right level of detail. Um, regardless of what you think about the um, kind of dated gender gags here, there's no denying that Doc's pal is a mock gal. <laughs> is a phenomenal bit of wordplay. Um, that's a serious pun, and whoever came up with that headline on the writing team, you've really knocked it out of the park. I there. can tell you, it's either Alex Gregory or Peter Hoyk. Mm, Alex or Peter, come on down and collect your best pod of the episode. Uh, can, can, I, can I just jump back for a second, though? Because I must admit, I absolutely love Niles' delivery of, I don't carry that kind of cash. It's $500. Put it in your credit card. What? Is he bail on my statement? <laughs> <laughs> Always thinking about how he looks at the finance people. Um, the oh, the the line delivery. Oh, I spoke earlier about Frasier and and oh no, Roz, uh, leave it on the floor. The line delivery now, Freddie, don't touch that. <laughs> he positively <laughs> screams this. You wouldn't want to traumatize a child, would you? Freddie, don't touch that. <laughs> Just absolutely amazing. Um, Kelsey really gets his whole chest behind that one. Um, and yeah, that the idea of traumatizing him through his sheer <laughs> screaming anger is just phenomenal. Um, I really enjoy this. And Frasier picks up another woman at the end. We think, uh oh, where's this going again? It's another crystal. 
but actually it's just a woman that lives in his block uh, his building rather um which is very nice i noticed in the kind of epilogue niles's apron did you notice anything about it that made you think of other things in Frasier? To be honest, I didn't pay attention to Niles' apron. It's red and green striped in, I would say, an identical colour palette to Nervosa's red and green stripes. Um, hmm. I.e., you know, like the, the kind of wooden boarding underneath the bench yeah. seat and around the... Interesting. Around the... Yeah, it's almost identical red and green. Um, I wonder if anyone else has picked that out. Because obviously Nervosa aprons are just solid green. Um, but yeah, an interesting one. On the subject of Nervosa... Ross had a coffee. Frazier had a coffee. 208. 208 for 2024. <laughs> there it is. Thank you very much, Stephen. Is this episode in your top 10? You won't be surprised to learn. It's not. Dramatic pause. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not in mine either. Um, I think it's a good episode. I think it's a, it's a funny episode. I think it's got plenty of good stuff going on in terms of if we call it a filler episode, and we mean that in a in a positive sense. We never say filler in in the context as a kind of derogatory thing because even a Frasier filler episode is better than most sitcoms premium episodes. Very true. Um, but it's yeah, it's nothing to write home about. But it's certainly not a bot with a barrel uh, actor. Who have you gone with? I'm actually going to go with Perry Gilpin. I think oh. Roz, I think Roz's lines in this are just fantastic. From from the whole uh, thing about the guy in the wallet, um, when she's putting her face creams on, he says about, "Oh, don't forget to floss." Oh yeah, I had corn for lunch. Thanks. Um, <laughs> and uh, I mean, it, I, I know she doesn't say anything, but the response she gives to Fraser when he's starting to read out, I can't remember what it is. He's starting to tell one of these good Samaritan stories, isn't he? And she starts to put her face cream and he goes, and I said, what the hell are you doing? Looking at yeah. Ross, and then he carries on with the story and she just so carries, nice. tucking her hair up and putting the creams on her face and all that. Ross, do you really have to do that? Yeah, well, it gets me another half an hour when I get home. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then obviously after the calls, and I was going to use this almost as a, a closer when we do listener mail, but I absolutely love it when she leans in and goes, and may I remind you that that call was not solicited. <laughs> I think, Excellent. Uh, yeah, for me, Perry Gilpin, Ross, absolutely fantastic in this episode. Excellent stuff. I've gone with Frage, um, unsurprisingly. To most. No way. <laughs> yeah, I know. I always go with Frage. Um, But in this episode, he was phenomenal. Um, Freddie, don't touch that. Then the monologue, the kind of Chandler-esque monologue, Raymond not Bing. Um, <laughs> just absolutely brilliant. Um, and yeah, I think he comes across, this is a great episode of exploring Frasier's innate will to good, um, because he is a good person, uh, who wants to do good. Um, and this episode really captures that in a kind of, kind of harmless way, but, um, kind of poking fun at him. Our man on the ground, Kenny Burling. Do you know what his last good deed was, Steve? Has he has he made you privy to his last good deed? I believe he donated all his tuxedos and all of his wife's um, dresses to the blind. Oh, that's very good. That that mm. might be might be beneficial. I've seen some he, of those he, he was inspired by Martin Crane, obviously, when they donated all of his stuff to the blind. What a wonderful, wonderful gesture that is. <laughs> all that remains to play after that charitable anecdote is who's Crane? Is it anyway? Your word is ruined. Um, word ruined in this episode I have no idea I'm going to guess Niles and it's something to do with the balloons I don't know it is Frasier's jacket of because course. of the dog the dog alas did not belong to little Hervé uh, but no that's, that's not the dog we're talking about here What's But uh, <laughs> the dog when he mentions actually lifting the crate and says and out drips some liquid, which I love to believe was drool. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but there we have it. The jacket's ruined, possibly covered in fluids. Um, let's go over to Listener Mail, shall we, Steve? As he takes a big swig of Coke. <laughs> let's... And just remember, let's remember that these calls are not solicited. <laughs> <laughs> let's hear them. Ross, who's our next caller? Okay, listener mail this week. As always, lots of lovely responses. We're going to just cherry pick uh, a few of the the comments from Facebook and Instagram. Um, we can't always read out every comment, but we'll try and get through um, your comments in future episodes. So do keep them coming. Uh, 
Edwina Hayes says, I really love Fraser in this episode. There's some really memorable lines, such as, well, I suppose some lucky thief is off enjoying a matinee and a small soda. <laughs> and Martin saying a good Samaritan is a good target. And I love the way Roz goes, leave it on the floor about the wallet. Uh, also, I looked up and finally found out Schlitz is a beer. After many watches where I wondered what a case of Schlitz was, that's Bulldog's got to buy it for his mother. Uh, I always, I also always like the way Fraser says, can you believe that guy for some reason? Definitely a bit of a departure from the normous one, but a pretty good one. Uh, a couple of short ones quickly from Instagram. I've got Chantel or Chantel says super cringe. Uh, Astro Law VN says one of the few bad ones. Yet yeah, True mm. Golden Geek says love, love, love it. Mm. Uh, Maribel <laughs> says uh, that she particularly enjoys the show at its best or feels the show is at its best, sorry, when it poses moral conundrums, which I would wholeheartedly agree mm. with. Uh, Nicole says, not a bad ep at all. Love all of DHP's grins after they pick up Frasier, but favourite line goes to Martin. I think people are born rotten, and every year they get worse. Happy <laughs> birthday to you. <laughs> Over to you, Steve. Um, Casquatch says, so cringe, does not stand the test of time. And Sam Sonite says, Nas's relishing in Frasier's misery is the best. Excellent. Very good indeed. Kevin Thomas says, I did a rewatch of this episode recently and it has its good moments. Martin singing happy birthday, immediately after saying how rotten people are always kills me. Some of the humour around the gender of the sex worker feels a bit dated, but isn't nearly as bad as some of the humour around trans characters from other shows around the same time. I remembered it being much worse than it was. Just as a side note, I had a dental appointment the other week where I needed four fillings. I was really nervous and dreaded it, but I asked the dentist so I could have my earphones in during the appointment. I listened to an old episode of your podcast, and although it was still not fun, it made the time pass a little easier and provided a welcome distraction, so thank you. That is amazing, and possibly the first time we've ever been played in a dental chair. I just really hope it wasn't ham radio, because laughing when you kept biting your whip and saying <laughs> things like multiple murder Bubba, might not be good. Um, we've got a couple of messages actually on Instagram. I'll read a couple of those as well. Got Four Wheels has put a good filler episode for me, which is what you've touched upon, Will. Uh, mm. I think we see Fraser's kind and thoughtful nature being exploited. The humour surrounding the trans prostitute has really aged, but for a 90s sitcom, it's tame compared to other shows. All the cast, including Freddie, play a useful role, and the cake is funny too. I relate to Frasier, especially as I scuffed another car while parking a few months ago. I left a note, and the chap turned out to be a rude time waster, so I sympathise with Frasier wanting to stick to his principles after his chat with Freddie. Amen. Um, lastly, on Facebook, uh, Kyle Heath notes uh, that this is also uh, the second time we've seen Hell's Angel Man slash Con <laughs> Thug in the precinct. Uh, and Karen says, don't love it in terms of plot. It's a little boring, but some of the bits are enjoyable. I love Stephen or Ron Howard as a caller. Any more on Instagram, Steve? A couple more. I've got one from, I apologise now if I, I don't uh, say your name correctly. I believe it's pronounced Hoken Lindgren. I believe he's from Sweden. Um, mm. It says, Fraser did the right thing in the end. I think he often gets mischaracterised as chauvinistic, especially by people looking at the character through those dreaded modern eyes. But I'm happy to see on this episode that he isn't afraid to take the risk that comes with chivalry. Good on you, Fraser. Um, we've got Shane Fee, who says, I really like how respectful Fraser is towards Crystal. It is subtle and can almost pass you by nowadays, but it always comes as a pleasant surprise. It's the 90s transgender people or cross-dressers were more usually the butt of lazy jokes and stereotypes, as in friends as well. Mm. But Fraser clearly bonded with Crystal off screen and doesn't seem judgmental towards her at all. On another note, Fraser screaming, Freddie, don't touch that, is hilarious. <laughs> it bloody well um, is. One last quick one from Alistair Green, the man behind the stickers and several the other things at the moment. man behind the stickers. He's put, reference the Good Samaritan, I never understood why Fraser couldn't pay his own bail. Is that against the rules on, in Washington somehow? Now suggesting Daphne changed into the blue cocktail dress for Freddie is a horny Fraser level of ickiness. You are our podcast hosts and we love you. Oh, <laughs> Thank you, Alistair. Uh, that's lovely. Isn't it not because he's lost his wallet? Um... It, what Frasier? Frasier hasn't got his wallet, has he? Because she says, "How are you going to pay for me?" Yeah, I, so he yeah, can't he, pay his own bail. Yeah, but it but it also questions to why. Yeah, I mean, Niles can't get the money together. Surely he went down there knowing he was going to pay bail. And he says, "I haven't got that cash on me." 
Mm. What, what were you going down there for then, Niles? Maybe he thought Bale would be a fiver. But Martin's in the car. Did he not go, by the way, when you pay Bale, it's probably going to be X amount. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, weird one. I will say Will is correct. He didn't have his wallet on him. But yeah, a weird one. Um, thank you all so much for, for phoning in, as, as it were. Please keep that coming as always. Uh, we love to hear from you. Um, next week we'll be back with season six, episode twelve. Our parents, ourselves. Uh, so we're looking forward to that one. Um, just an update on our beloved Key. He is still very much alive and well, uh, and he's looking forward to coming back on the podcast very soon. Um, he's got a lot of stuff to sort out with his house. Um, but I did speak to him over Christmas, and he's eager to come back on soon. So watch this space. Um, I'm sure he'll be on an episode sooner rather than later. Uh, but other than that, I've been Will. And I've been Steve. And thank you very much for listening to We're Listening. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Oh, my. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegs. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. <laughs>